0: Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Michael Bratton of That SEC Podcast, who joins us on the Jones and Sun Diamond and Brattle Fine Jewelry right now, definitely has some opinions on all these things. And Mike, as always, we appreciate you joining us. How are you doing this afternoon?
1: Hey, doing great, John. Thanks for having me, man.
0: Yeah, absolutely, because I know we talked about uh, our feelings about the whole thing that the SEC is looking at. They're just... It haven't been put into place as far as the the rules being set. It's just stuff they're discussing. But this whole deal where some of the things are thrown out as far as possibly punishing teams by having wins taken away or resulting in losses or forfeitures of home games simply for storming the field or the court. I don't know. This seems pretty intense and pretty over the top. But I guess they feel like they have a true problem with the amount of field stormings that they're having to deal with.
1: Right, and last. Season when it happened, remember Nick Saban. I mean, he was one of his players hit a Tennessee fan, and it was because they were terrified. You know, so despite their helmets and shoulder pads, and these are some of the biggest human beings on the planet, they're they're terrified of the fans. I don't get it, John. I mean, this is this is just the latest move that it, it appears to me that these decision makers don't have the people in mind that that make it great, and that's the fans. Because I don't see any fans that support this, and it's, again, it's what makes college football unique. I realize you don't get this in the NFL. Well, not everybody's a fan of the NFL, and, and they just continue to try to change this sport to make it a mini NFL, and it's kind of sickening, and, and I don't know how much you read into the Pat Forty article, but it sounds like this is Georgia, Alabama, and Kentucky who's kind of behind all this because Alabama and Georgia don't want the field stormed when they lose in football, and Kentucky doesn't want the storm. Uh, the, the fans are storm the field when they – the court when they lose in basketball. So are we really going to let these three institutions make all the rules for the rest of the conference? I mean, I just think it's ridiculous.
2: The, the answer there is yes, Mike. They're going to allow those three universities to do it. But is this a way <laughs> to take it out of the university's hands where there are universities that are willing to pay these fines and so when you take it to this step, now the university doesn't want to forfeit wins and they don't want to forfeit home games? I mean,
1: perhaps, but, uh, I mean, I, I'm just not aware. I'm just, maybe it's happened. Maybe I'm just speaking out of turn, but I'm not aware of any catastrophic injuries that, that are happening. I mean, I guess anything could happen, but, uh, I mean, people drink beer and they, and they get in accidents on the way home. We don't stop selling the beer, do we? Uh, you know, tailgating is, is again, <laughs> I mean, how long before they take that away from it? Uh, I I don't know. I just I don't like the direction this is going. And again, maybe you just beef up security. Maybe you make it to where it's impossible to storm the field from the visitor sideline, and and you have to do it from the home side. Um, I, I don't know. I think there are much better alternatives than taking wins away, removing home games, because it, it's just it's it's just ridiculous that it would have to go that far. Um, I, clearly, I hate it as you can tell.
0: <laughs> yeah, we, we we get your vibes coming through the the phone there, Mike and. Uh, but I'm with you. Like I really, I really don't like it either. And I guess that, like, because I start thinking about it, maybe this is just me overthinking. If I'm like, okay, well, if that's the case, you know, how many fans are too many fans to rush? Because what if, what if I'm an opposing fan, and I'm like, okay, I'm going to get a big group of us. We're going to rush the field, so that way they have to lose the game. You know, if they instill that rule or whatever, I, I, I just feel like what they're coming up with, there is just no way that these universities, especially, can police it can regulate it, and can prevent it without it causing even more problems, at least with some of the proposed consequences that they have in store.
1: Right, and I don't know if you saw this, John, but last year when Vanderbilt beat Florida uh, at home, I mean, it was the the slowest in a single file. It was very polite, but all 150 Vanderbilt fans at their stadium uh, walked briskly onto the field. And the SEC still find them. So, I mean, I don't think it matters how you do it. But, I mean, you're dead on. Yeah, any fans on the field, I guess I guess this is a punishment. So, uh, yeah, they, they've got issues on their hands if they pass
2: this. Surely before it got to this point where this is what the step that they are talking about taking, they had to have discussed maybe increasing some of these fines and uh, maybe take it that step because clearly the, the fines and the amounts that they have right now in place – they don't feel like it's working.
1: Right. But uh, I, I think the problem there, Joe, is just they just continue to make money hand over fist. So uh, I don't know what that figure would be, that it would actually affect things. But uh, again, I, I mean, just increase security. Don't let fans storm near the players while they're running off the field. I mean, there's there are many other measures that can be taken before we got to go to this drastic level to where we're just... Uh, you know, completely professionalizing college sports, which I realize that's kind of crazy to say, because in my mind it is—it is basically professional sports. A lot of, especially in a lot of these states that don't have professional sports, like in Arkansas. So, I mean, I, I get it, but uh, I don't know. I mean, we continue to trend in a dangerous direction. I think to where we're taking away a lot of what the fans love about this sport, and we—if we just continue to do this. Uh, I mean, at some point, fans are are they're just going to abandon all this? I feel
0: like. Yeah, and my uh, speaking with Michael Bratton of that SEC podcast here on the Jones and Sun Diamond and Brattle Fine Jewelry Hotline, because uh, I'd even throw into hey, you know, just of course the the goalpost, you know, don't don't allow those to be torn down, you know, or, or you know, find something to where uh, that could be the case, because I could absolutely see some of the dangers behind that. But I, I've always felt like if you make rules in, in anything where the vast, vast, vast majority of the events that happen when you storm the field storm the court or whatever are fine but yet you keep saying well it's going to just take that one or you point to one i just don't know if that's if that's a good way of going about it i just don't know if that's a good way of putting rules in because yes it's a liability yes there's there's all these legal issues i'm sure that you could run into but if it hasn't really happened and it's not been a problem and this has been around since you know the beginning of time it feels like in college sports I, I just don't feel like that's a thing that you really need to be focused on when it doesn't seem to be as big of a problem as they're trying to make it out to be.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I agree hundred percent. And to your points with the goalposts, I, I mean, I think they even make them to where they they kind of like fold down on their own. I mean, just implement that, and that takes away another potentially hazardous situation with, with so many college students jumping on them and trying to tear them down, and 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 unfortunately, you know, that can fall on somebody. I mean, again, there are different measures that can be taken uh, i'm just kind of baffled that uh, alabama georgia kentucky if they get this passed i mean I, i i just think it'd be awful
2: and those schools mentioned they're uh probably most bitter about it because they're the ones that are always getting the field in the court rush and it makes you think back to that game with alabama tennessee that that was one of the ones that uh come to mind first and foremost that Tennessee had gone so many years without beating Bama, and, of course, we already knew the result was going to be that they were going to rush the field once that happened.
1: Yeah, I mean, no, I mean, it, the fine could have been $10 million, Joe, and I think <laughs> Tennessee would have paid it, you know what I mean? Because uh, a, a win against Alabama has just been so rare, uh, unfortunately, for alums as myself. But, uh, yeah, I, I mean, maybe that's to their point. that The fines just do nothing, but uh, I'll tell you what, I probably know a hundred people that were on the field that day, and it's their profile pictures. It's you know they're blasted all over the internet. <laughs> uh, I mean, th- those are memories that will never be taken away, um, and-, and yet here we are as an SEC trying to diminish those memories. I I just think it's it's a horrible horrible idea.
0: Well, Mike, and I don't know if you'll be able to answer this, but I just at least like to know your opinion. It-, it seems like the SEC. This isn't a college football thing. It's just the SEC. I, is, is the big 10 is the ACC is the uh, big 12 or I know that they probably have policies in place but it certainly seems like the SEC are the ones that are really going hand over fist about trying to change all this when the other conferences don't really seem to have as much policing or regulation or at least rules put into place uh, it just seems like it's weird because it, it happens in other conferences too
1: right well I guess when they say it just means more maybe they it just means more punishment it's uh yeah. You know, I guess the FCC is just a different beast, particularly because I, I see what you're saying where it does happen in other places, but uh, I don't know. I mean the fans and I'm not telling you anything you don't know, but the fans are just on another level in the SCC and that's why I got the job I have. that's why you got the job you guys got because because of the, the passion and and just how incredible these fans are and again, I just keep going back to the same thing. I apologize. But anything we can do to deter this fandom, it just seems like a completely wrong move to make.
2: Mike, let's talk about some spring games from the SEC. Uh, Some of the rankings that you put out, of course, uh, don't know how much you can really take from spring games, but the SEC has gotten through theirs, and you have Arkansas ranked middle of the pack. They're number eight in the SEC overall.
1: Yeah, and they're tough to place uh, between Ole Miss and Mississippi State. I could kind of clump all those together. I mean, not that the teams are that similar, but you could kind of pick apart each of them however you want to do it. But as you guys know, I just got a ton of faith in K.J. Jefferson. So having the best quarterback, at least in my mind, in the SEC on your side, that's that's a huge uh, feather in their cap, Rocket Sanders incredible you can i mean that's that's probably the best running back quarterback duo in not only the fcc but the entire country and uh you know clearly the coaching moves are are, have been a massive impact for arkansas on the recruiting trail we'll see if they have that kind of impact on the field but if they do i mean they can move significantly higher than number eight so arkansas is one of the teams that i'm most interested to see on the field but I kind of hyped them up a little too much, I think, last off season. So maybe this is me being a little bit more conservative than I have been in years past.
0: Well, well it's funny you bring that up, too, because uh, I was probably one of those that, that hyped them up. But you saw what it was there. You know, it just didn't go out that way. So my curiosity is with uh, your post-spring SEC rankings, did any teams move significantly from where you maybe felt like before spring started? Like, was there any big jumps up or uh, any, any teams that ended up falling down just based on your spring looks?
1: Well, one team that's certainly, uh, and this this potentially great news for Arkansas, and that's Florida moving down my list because, I mean, they just look like a train wreck. And without Anthony Richardson, I I try not to base any of this off of last season, but clearly uh, without Anthony Richardson, they were just inept on offense. And then that continued to the spring game. And we keep hearing all this hype. We'll see Anthony Richardson, how high he really goes in this upcoming NFL draft. But if he's a top ten pick, I mean, what's that say about what Florida is going to be next year without their top ten quarterback, who they basically played as well as as he played all season long? And of course, I mentioned Arkansas because they traveled to Florida this year. That may be uh, one of the most favorable teams out of the East you can catch. So, so Florida definitely took uh, a, a nosedive in my rankings exiting the spring and. Another one that kind of moved down was South Carolina. Not that I think they're going to be bad or anything, but their starting left tackle looks like he's out for the year. And the line of scrimmage is where I already have big questions for the Gamecocks. Losing your best offensive lineman, uh, that's not a good start right there.
2: How much do you factor in returning quarterbacks versus teams that are going to be with new starting quarterbacks? And we know that Alabama is one of them and uh, a lot of criticism about the two quarterbacks that played in Bama spring game.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that's a fair question. And you know, obviously there was speculation before spring that uh, Alabama was the team connected to, I don't know if you guys caught these rumors, but it was the North Carolina quarterback, Drake May, apparently being offered millions of dollars via NIL, and he had never even entered the portal. Now, maybe that was just rumors, but heck, Exiting the spring, there was more rumors that Alabama was after another quarterback, Miami's Tyler Van Dyke. And he's another one that did not enter the portal, yet he's having these offers. So I don't know how this is happening. I, I thought that was illegal. Again, I, it goes back to Alabama. I guess they can do whatever they want. But the fact that they wanted someone before spring, and now we've seen what these guys look like. And in all camp, the messaging was the same. These guys are inconsistent. They're turning the ball over too much and then we get to the spring game and they have five turnovers, I think that gives you an indication that uh, Nick Saban does not feel comfortable with his quarterbacks. That's not to say they're bad players. I'm not saying that. But the goal is clear in Tuscaloosa. It's not to even win the SEC. It's to win the national championship. And I don't know if they have the quarterbacks that can take them there. And and based on what's happening behind the scenes, it, it suggests Nick Saban's not satisfied with that answer either.
0: Uh, You know, another thing, too, Mike, is uh, you brought it up in an earlier answer. I wanted to revisit it. You were talking about Arkansas and and the recruiting, and that's something we brought up where uh, the transfer portal, they've done a really good job and, of course, got a big-time tight end uh, just over the weekend and into the 2024 recruiting class. They got the number 15 class. They got a ton of four stars. It certainly seems like at least the players that are coming in and the guys they're recruiting that this new staff, or in addition to Sam Pittman, have really been hitting it hot and heavy and, and doing a great job of doing it. Just, uh, Are you surprised by how Arkansas, with this new staff, has been able to do this? Or is this just what this new staff is about, where they go and they recruit hard, they recruit well, and they get results?
1: Yeah, I'm not too surprised, to be honest with you, John, because I think I've, I've said this many times, but from the second they hired Travis Williams, I said, this this guy's going to be one of the best recruiters in the SEC, and that was just that was based on his track record in the SEC and at Central Florida. He's done. A, he's one of the most popular assistant coaches that I've ever uh, interacted with there. So I knew they were going to do well there. And yeah, I, I mean, Sam Pittman. One thing you can't say about him is uh, he he does not go easy on the recruiting trail. And he has had some staff turnover on the assistant level. And I'm not talking about the coordinators because I know I realized they were. There all three years up until now. But uh, if you are not up to standard as a recruiter on his staff, he gets rid of you. And I think that's paramount. That's what Arkansas needs to be successful. And, uh, you know, I, I, obviously they're off to a great start, and this could be his best class yet, which is saying something considering that uh, there were some concerns that uh, maybe we've lost some momentum there at Fayetteville. But that this has kind of swung back all the way around, in my opinion, with all the success they're having in the transfer portal and the recruiting trail, I'm, I'm back on the bandwagon, so to speak.
2: So they add to the tight end group. Is that the position maybe you're most impressed with as far as what they've been able to do in recruiting?
1: Yeah, because that was the biggest question mark. I think I had exiting the spring. I know they are high on the freshman. I think his name is Luke Hawes, but again, can you expect a freshman to come in there and, and Pittman has said it many times. He's not, he's not kind of your end of the line traditional tight end that Dan Enos likes. He's more of a receiver. So they needed to attack that position. They may not even be done adding at that position because I, I think they need more help there. I believe they got three freshmen on the roster of the five scholarship tight ends. So uh, they may need some more seniority, some more experience, and, and a, some better inline blocking to effectively run what Dan Enos wants to run. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that that seemingly is a big pickup there
0: from North Texas. Yeah, I'm liking what they're doing. And, uh, you know, it's great to see on paper, but you know, when it comes down to it, it's about wins and losses. And we know that the, the season's far away, but it's still a lot of fun to talk about and to, to dive into, especially when it comes to spring football. But, Mike, uh, we appreciate you hopping on with us. Uh, real quick, though, before I let you get out of here, Transfer Portal post-spring stuff. Uh, you see teams happening all the time. You saw Colorado's lost 15 players just – uh, I mean, do you feel like this is good, that they should stay this way? But uh, like, just what do you make of the overall portals and guys that are jumping in after spring games and whatnot?
1: Yeah, it's pretty interesting. I mean, Florida just lost their top receiver. I, again, go back to negativity with the Gators. But uh, it's wild. I, I didn't anticipate there would be a ton of movement after spring, and it, it doesn't seem like there has been but not key players. And I, I really think uh, you know, the first portal window is the time to really get in there. We'll see if Alabama adds a quarterback, but again, I just I'm not seeing that big name in the portal for them to go after and get. So, I think it's been actually a, a lot. The, the players jumping in are are not impact players, at least you know I hate to overgeneral generalize there, but I'm not seeing a ton of impact players jump into that portal uh, post spring, and I, I think that's kind of in everybody's best interest because it's so hard to come in for just one fall camp. And get up to speed and make an impact on the field at at least at the SEC level.
0: Well, Mike, as always, we appreciate it. Great stuff, my man. You can uh, follow his podcast at that SEC Podcast, also on Twitter at Michael W. Bratton. And uh he goes by SEC Mike for a reason. We appreciate it, my man. Have a great week and weekend, and I'm sure we'll catch up with you later down the road.
1: Absolutely. Thanks for having me.